Welcome to the Simplifying Jesus Podcast, where we are breaking barriers through communication. I am Bill Allen, and this is Matt Gunter. We're here to um, just uh, share some good news with you. Yeah, here to have a little conversation and uh, talk about the church a little bit. And, and this season, we are all about um, busting up some myths of the church. And so, Bill, i got a question for you. Okay. Have you ever felt like lightning was going to strike when you walked into the room of the church or like the holy water was going to boil and because of, you know, whatever, for whatever reason? Have you ever felt that way? I have, uh, I have felt that way growing up. I was kind of taught that and, and, uh, you know, it was, um, one of the things that kept me out of the church for a while, you know, I, I'm just not good enough to be going to a place like that where, mm. where God's supposed to be there and, and it's just not, uh, not for me. Yeah, and, and there are probably a lot of people that feel that way. Um, there's a lot of people that feel like you've they've got to get their act together before they can come to church. Um, that they've you know, they've got to deal with their issues and, you know, stop cussing, stop drinking, stop smoking, whatever, you know, whatever your advice may be. They feel like they've got to get their act together. It's one of the big myths out there that keeps people away from the church is that you know, some, somehow they've got to get their life right first. And we're here to tell you that that's really not right. Um, that, that you don't. And in fact, that's the exact opposite of what the Bible says and, and what we've experienced personally of being in the churches. If you wait until you get your life right, it'll never happen because you'll never be perfect. So, right. so that's the myth we're going to be talking about today is that you've got to get your act together before you go. So welcome to episode three of season two. Buckle up. I got my sweet tea ready to go. Hey, there you go. We are ready to go. (laughs) Ready to have a conversation. I love it. I love it. So people seem to somehow think that the Christians have life figured out. Yeah. Got our act together. Uh, We're perfect. We think we're perfect, at least. Um, (laughs) That we we, um, don't ever stumble we don't ever sin we don't ever have any kind of issues yeah and (laughs) that's so far from the truth (laughs) (laughs) yeah so growing up outside of the church we've talked about in the past how how i've been taught these specific things about the church you know that Mm -hmm. uh, people are weak and that they're you know the church is only out for the money these are all Mm -hmm. different episodes we've talked about right recently actually but Mm -hmm. We always felt like people thought they were better than us because they knew something that we didn't. Hmm. Um, because they tried to put on this air of perfection. Hmm. And I know better than that now. I, I get that. Um, but I've even recently, you know, I've, I've heard people say, you know, oh, I can't go to church because mm-hmm. the building's going to burn down around me if I do that. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, because they somehow think that everything in their life that they've done uh, is too bad to to go to the church because of all the rules that they think the church has right. uh, for them. They just don't think that um, worthy is not the right word, but worthy is, is as good as any yeah. to use. Uh, so they think that they've already got to be doing the right things mm-hmm. before they can go. When I was baptized... Um, I felt like I wasn't good enough for that. Hmm. I, I, I didn't feel like I was good enough to be baptized. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I, I felt like I had to get it all together. And this is as I started my Christian walk, 
I had already started learning about these different things. But even having been in the church for that long, it was still something I believed. So mm. I can imagine how many people out there think the same thing. Yeah. Uh, before they ever step foot in the church. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's something that probably keeps people away because it's impossible to really get your life together. You know, no matter what um, you think that thing is that's so bad that you can't go to church, number one, I guarantee you, um, somebody's done something worse, uh, more than likely, uh, and and has been has been in church, has been saved. Um, but the other side of that is there is nothing so big that you can't come and check it out. And so that's what we're going to dive into today is is trying to get rid of that myth so that that doesn't become a reason you don't try out the church. And so we're going to start at the very beginning with the fact that Christians are not perfect. Hmm. Um, Bill, you mentioned that um, you felt like other people thought they were holier than thou or, Mm -hmm. or that maybe you weren't worthy or something, you know, those kind of feelings creep up. And, um, I can tell you for my life, we've talked about it before. We're not perfect. We mess up daily, if not moment by moment. And we, we've got our issues. And in fact, in the Bible, uh, Romans three twenty three it says everybody sinned point blank. No questions asked. Everybody right. sinned. And so because we've all messed up and, and continually do Christians don't have it all together. And if anybody tells you they do, honestly if we're being real they need to be called out because they don't they don't that's nobody nobody gets it all right all the time and so if that so if that's a belief you have that's that's holding you back just know that these couple of christian guys and all the other christians out there we don't have it all together we don't have it all figured out no and you've heard our stories you've heard how long i spent outside of the church before becoming a christian um You've heard how long Matt's been in the church all his life. Um, so he's he's been a Christian for as long as he can remember. And, you know, he's telling you right now he's messed up a yep. lot. I'm telling you right now I've messed up a lot. But nothing is bad enough that is going to, nothing is bad enough to keep us away from the love of Jesus. Right. And the gift of salvation that he has for us. Since there's nothing so bad that he can't save us, then there's nothing so bad that you can't come and be a part of that that you can accept him. So don't let anything in your past ever hold you away because nobody that's in that church is, has it all together. And, and I'll use this quote from a, from a previous episode. If you ever find the perfect church, you better not go (laughs) go, because you're going to mess it up. And it's the same thing that that perfect church doesn't exist um, because we're imperfect people. Right. The next thing that we can talk about is uh, Jesus, when when he was here, he talked about how he really didn't come for, quote unquote, righteous people. Um, but then instead, he he actually came here for people who aren't. Uh, he said in Mark two, when Jesus heard this, he told them it is not for those who are well, who are need who need a doctor, but those who are sick. I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. We've we've established that no one is perfect. We, I think we can, we can safely say that you've messed up and I've messed up. In this very verse, Jesus confirms that he's not looking for perfection. Uh, if we were perfect, we wouldn't need him. Mm-hmm. If we were perfect, um, he would have had no reason to come save us. And um, we wouldn't have a reason to have a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And our faith is all about relationship. 
You know, we've established in previous episodes, it's not about the rules. Um, we need to do better. We need to strive to do better, mm-hmm. um, always. And without Jesus coming to save us, we wouldn't have any reason to have a relationship with mm-hmm. him. Um, so it's not about the rules. Um, you know, it is really all about the relationship. And we have these rules, but they're for our betterment, not yep. for any other reason than to keep us safe. It's like we give the rules to our kids mm-hmm. to to stay safe and uh, to not harm themselves. And, and Jesus does the same thing mm-hmm. for us when he laid out the, um, what are they called, Matt? The, um, the, 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 the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. Oh, the Beatitudes, the yeah. Beati- mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't have to be perfect to come to him because it's impossible to be perfect. Right. So we are literally told to come as we are. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty 30 says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Continues to say, Take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yeah, this verse really points to, we don't come to Jesus because of what we bring to the table. In comparison to what he did and what he's done for us, we don't really have a whole lot to offer. Um, You know, he created our way to get to heaven. So when Jesus calls, he says, look, you guys who are worn out, who are tired, who can't do anymore, who can't take it anymore, come to me and I got your back. Mm -hmm. It's not about what we bring to the table. And so in the same way, when we're talking about getting your life, getting your life right, it's not about having your life right and coming as a good, clean, you know, uh, pure self. It's not what it's about. It's not about what you bring to the table. It's about what he brings to the table and establishing that relationship. I think it's safe to say that, um, over the last season, season and a half, um, close to it now, you know, uh, you guys have gotten to know us pretty well as far as us being open about our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you you all know that um, I used to smoke. I was a heavy drinker. Been divorced. Um, I've got other issues that I may or may not have mentioned yet. I don't know, but mm-hmm. you know. Um, even now I'm not perfect. Even now as a yeah. Christian, I'm not perfect. And, and I've been dealing with all that as we, as, as I go through uh, this now, thankfully mm-hmm. um, I've quit smoking. Mm-hmm. I still enjoy a drink here and there, but I don't drink like I used to. Right. Um, I'm not all about the nightlife and partying and getting <laughs> drunk and stupid and hitting on girls and all that anymore. Um it's that's not what my life is about. My life is about my family, but first I try, I'm not perfect at this either, to make my life about God first. Yep. Um, it doesn't always work that way, uh, and it's a hard, uh, it's a, it's a struggle mm-hmm. to do that even. Um, but the Christian walk is about continual growth. It's about trying to be better than you were yesterday. Right. And when you mess up, as we do, start over the next day. That's right. Start over every minute mm-hmm. and 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 keep going forward. But um, 
not being perfect is okay. If it's all about continual growth, then showing up perfect isn't doesn't do anybody any good because there's no growth to be had. So if you come as you are, then you've got, you have your starting point for growth. And, and Hebrews 6, 1 says, therefore, let us leave the elementary teaching about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works, faith in God. What that's saying is we need to continually be growing that when you learn about Jesus and you accept him and, and all of that, and we'll come around to that back around to that in a minute of what that means. But when you do that, when you take that step, that's step one. But as you get further along in your walk, you should be continually growing. And so if that's the case, then perfection can't be required from the start because if you have your act together, you don't need to grow. You're already there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's, so that goes, that goes completely against what the Bible teaches. And so it's just an encouragement to come as you are, because as you, as you go through your, we'll call it your faith journey, as you, after you accept Christ and you grow that relationship, you're going to grow. You're going to, you're going to not want to do certain things that you've been doing in the past. You're going to want to do things now that you didn't want to do before. That's all part of it. That's all part of that growth. And you should expect that. So it's not, it's not about coming in with everything figured out, but instead about looking forward to how you can grow. Um, well, let me, let me interject there. Yeah. So when you start trying to live a different life, yeah. um, when you start your faith journey, um, I've, I mentioned it in a recent episode that I felt like a piece of me was being ripped away from me. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like I was losing a part of myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to quit smoking. I didn't want to quit drinking. It was fun. Um, I didn't want to quit partying or, or doing any of that stuff, but it didn't take long to where, well, first let me say this because I didn't want to, I didn't mm -hmm. because I didn't want to quit. I didn't. Right. But I continued to, go to church. Yeah. I continued to hear the stories. I continued mm -hmm. to, um, make my wife happy <laughs> by going to church and right. doing what she wanted us to do. Right. But over time I got to where I wanted to make those changes and I wanted to be better, um, for me, for my family, for God though, mostly it, mm -hmm. that's what really started talk. God started working through me. Mm -hmm. Um, through not being perfect. Mm -hmm. And I still to this day will tell you that all of that stuff I went through from childhood on was good because it helped me to, I, I mean, I, I obviously can't tell the future, but I'm hoping my life experiences will help me to help my kids stay away from some of that stuff. Sure, sure. And... I always say I've learned what not to be by examples, bad examples. Mm. But I hope that my imperfection, I hope my kids won't learn that way. I yeah. hope my kids will learn what not to be by my good example. Mm. They'll learn what to be. Yes. Something to strive towards. Yes. And I'll say this too, I think 
from your past story, which your, your testimony, um, told us a lot about, you can, you can see how the things that you went through then helped establish where you are now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll pick on the easy one. You being a drummer at the time, it led to some stuff that you're, you're not proud of, mm-hmm. but now you're a drummer at our church yeah. and, um, <laughs> and you're in the rotation and you're a sound guy and, and you use that as, as an act of worship. And so this thing from your past that could be seen as a negative, and could be seen as you know one of those imperfections that we all have is now something that God's using for him. Right. And um, that's that's really awesome to see. That's why you don't have to get your life together. That's why you don't have to get your act together before you come. Because God's going to use you as you are. If you let him, if you let him work through you, he's going to use you as you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we've talked about this show a few times before, uh, The Chosen. If you haven't seen it, we highly recommend it. Uh, Dallas Jenkins has done a great job of bringing the Bible to life. And and we're not being paid to say that. We're not. We're not. Uh, we just really <laughs> like the show. That's right. Uh, and the stories that he tells, um, many of the stories are very familiar from the Bible, but he kind of fills in the gaps in, in his own way of, of telling the bigger story of Jesus's ministry here. And so uh, we have a couple of examples, kind of a comparison of a couple of people that are in the chosen, they're in the Bible, and, uh, and you can see that. And, you, and just to give a little bit of a glimpse of when Jesus was here, who he connected with, and who he didn't. Um, so we're going to do a little comparison of a couple of guys who are in the show and, and in the Bible that one who was one of the disciples and actually wrote one of the Gospels compared with a guy who was seen as very religious in his day, but ended up not following Jesus, at least at that time. We don't know what happened after the fact, but, um, and and just look at those two lives and see which one you would have expected. And so, uh, we'll start with, uh, the guy that's my my namesake, Matthew. Uh, he wrote the book of Matthew. He was a tax collector and they were probably less popular than, than the IRS is today, if that's possible. (laughs) Um, so, so tax collectors in that day, they were viewed as, um, even traitors, uh, among the Jews because, uh, they were essentially working for the Roman government that was oppressing them at the time. Uh, They collected the Roman taxes from the Jewish people. So Matthew was one of these guys. And uh, Jesus went by his tax booth one day and said, hey, you need to follow me. Matthew dropped everything and followed him and walked away. Now, what's interesting about that is that if Jesus was going to pick disciples, you would think the last person in the world he would look at is somebody who many of his friends and peers would consider a traitor. Um, you would think the last person he looks at is somebody who did things that were not good for the Jewish people. But Jesus saw something different in him. He saw that this is the guy who's going to help spread the gospel. And this is a guy who has a great heart and is going to reach people by writing down this message. He saw beyond what everybody else did and said, this is a guy that I'm going to work through. And he did. He ended up writing, like I said, he ended up writing one of the gospels. Um, and one that we quote a lot in the show and, and we'll continue to. And so, 
Um, so pretty cool that, that that's a guy Jesus could use. And so if he could use him, I'm sure he could use anybody. Yeah. Nicodemus was the other guy that back then Pharisees were considered righteous and, and religious people. Um, they were also, unfortunately, all about the rules. Mm-hmm. And we've already established that that's not what's important, right? Um, he was one of the, the lead rabbis of his day. I don't know what his status was in the in the whole hierarchy of mm-hmm. rabbis and Pharisees. Um, the the show, the chosen, uh, portrays him as a uh, higher up in the in the chain of command. Um, so if if anyone had their life together and and would be considered righteous, then Nicodemus was one of those guys. And Jesus gave him the opportunity. In fact, he and uh, well. Uh, you know what? Honestly, I couldn't tell you if in the Bible they had the conversation. No, they did because of the... Mm-hmm. Um, That's where John 3.16 John 3.16 from. came from. The yep. most famous verse out there. See, I think the last time we talked about John 3.16, I couldn't remember it. And now I'm forgetting this. So <laughs> I think I need to study John 3.16, y'all. Um, <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to get on that. I promise that. Um, but he didn't follow Jesus. Jesus gave him the opportunity. They had a conversation at length. And... He was too afraid of leaving what he knew, the rules, the regulations, the praying out loud, the showing off, the look at me, look at how righteous I am, and and didn't follow him as far as we know. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, if I were to take a guess, I would bet he did, especially after he heard all of the people around him saying mm-hmm. that Jesus came back three days later. Right. I would imagine he was kicking himself so hard. Yeah. Uh, for not yeah. um, trusting what Jesus said. Mm-hmm. But we don't know what happened. Yeah, Bible doesn't really address what happens to Nicodemus, but but we know that he had conversation with Jesus that went deep. And it gave us one of the verses that we quote most often. and um, That I should remember sometime. <laughs> <laughs> and th- this, was, this was a righteous man by every account. But he is not one of the 12 that ultimately followed him, became part of that inner circle. And so we we bring up this comparison to show you that having your life together is not a requirement. Because if it was, Nicodemus would have been first in line. Matthew would have been at the very back. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get named Nicodemus. <laughs> That's not my namesake. <laughs> yeah. You know, Ma- Matthew, Matthew, the, the tax collector, the trader, he's the guy that Jesus used. And so I say that as an encouragement of... It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been. You don't need to get your life together before you come. What matters is that you come. And and I'll just tell you from, from my personal story, my personal experience, that I got saved at a young age. Um, I was seven or eight years old. And, you know, I hadn't done anything too crazy yet, right? Seven, eight years old, you're, you're not uh, too much of a little devil child. Have you um, met my son? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can be. No, no. Colson's a great kid. Um, but I hadn't done anything too crazy yet. But as I as I continued to grow up, and especially in my, my young adult life, we've talked about this before, I fell away from the church. I struggled with sin um, that became an addiction. And it was overbearing, overwhelming. When um, Rachel and I uh, got together, God started working on me and um, we actually ended up um, breaking up and then getting back together 
And there's a whole series of events that happened through there that I won't dive into now. Go check out my testimony, episode eight, I believe. And uh, if you want to hear more about that, of season one. (laughs) And uh, uh, if you want to hear more about that, but but God worked through that in the midst of this sin that become overwhelming when I wasn't going to church, when I um, wasn't reading my Bible, when I wasn't praying, when I wasn't doing any of the stuff that you're supposed to be doing. And probably a lot of stuff you shouldn't be. In fact, not probably. It was a lot of stuff <laughs> you shouldn't be doing. And God worked through that and brought me here. And, you know, now now I'm here in New Braunfels and, and loving it. Now Bill and I are doing a podcast. And he worked through all of those experiences to help us connect, to help me be able to connect with other men who struggle with similar things. And, um, and he used that past experience and that era when... I wasn't walking alongside him to be a light for people now. And so, and so I say that to say getting your life right can't be a prerequisite because he uses the bad stuff to help somebody else. And that happens all the time. And we talked about it earlier with, with your drumming days and, and how much that's changed over the years. And, and so, and I know it probably sounds like I'm beating dead horse here, but you don't have to get your life right. That's not that's not a prerequisite because God's going to use wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, he's going to use that to help somebody else and to make you a better person down the road. You know, I've heard people say in the past when we've shared our testimony, both Emily and myself, um, I've heard people say, your testimony is so cool. I wish I had a testimony like that. Mm. And these are, you know, pastor's kids mm. who... Um, <laughs> I don't know if they pretend they've never done anything wrong or, or maybe they actually haven't. I doubt it, but um, I, I know they, I know that that's not the case, but mm-hmm. mine and Emily's testimonies were so far from where we are now, mm-hmm. where we were even when we knew them, when we were close to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, God uses it. And I wonder yeah. if maybe in your case, Matt, if, if, Maybe God didn't say, you know, you're a little too comfortable. Mm. Let's pull you away a little bit and yeah. and let you experience some things. And then, then we'll pull you back in. You know, I, I mean, I don't know. That's just a mm-hmm. uh, hypothetical but uh, or an assumption. Um, mm. But I wouldn't necessarily wish my testimony on anybody. Mm. Um, I don't consider it to be a cool testimony as it's been told to me. Um, I think it was, uh, there were times in my life where even as a kid, I could say it was literal hell's probably strong, but, um, uh, you know, it it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Um, but God can still use all of that. Yeah. Don't, don't think just because whatever you've been through, whatever you've done is, is, so bad that well don't limit god that's right don't limit god to use every bit of your struggle for his glory that's right you know and let's just kind of bring it full circle here what we're talking about is that you don't need to be perfect before you accept christ um if it was nobody would ever be a christian except jesus himself who wasn't a Christian because he's the one that it's all centered around. So being perfect is not a requirement. 
you don't need to get your act together before you come to church and com- before you can be saved. It's as simple as this. And, and we said uh, last week we were going to make this our memory verse for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's as simple as that. It's if you believe that Jesus was the Son of God, that he died and rose again, and you confess him as Lord, which means if you confess him as Lord, that means that you are going to follow him, that that you're going to start making life changes and, and doing things the way that he talked about. Still not about the rules, it's about relationship, but that's what calling him Lord is about. Then you know, then you will be saved. It's, it's as simple as that. It's not about getting your life right. Let's be real. Jesus takes care of that after the fact. He's the one that can help you get your life right and get it back on track. Um, so yeah, so that, that's what it's all about. So I want to add to that, that let's take it to a whole new extreme. Hmm. And maybe you've believed my life sucks. I wish I could do something about it. Hmm. Maybe you've thought, I'm just not good enough for this Jesus guy. Turn those thoughts around to reach out to Jesus for those things. Hmm. Um, Literally cry out to Jesus for help in those things. You know, if you're not happy where you're at, Jesus can help you with that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, yes, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. But then allow him to work in you, allow him to work on you, allow mm-hmm. him to help you change your life, literally. Yeah. yeah. And and help to bring you out of whatever that is that you're struggling with. Yeah, absolutely. That's part of him being Lord, right? Is mm-hmm. is letting him in, letting him work through you. Keyword um, letting him. You have to allow him to do those things. That's right. He he loves you enough, he's not gonna do it on his own. He's not just gonna step in and snap his fingers and say, Hey, there, there you go. But if you let him in, he will work through you. He yep. can do he can do crazy things. We both experienced it. Um, and if you have any questions about that, we would love for you to drop us a line at info at simplifyjesus.com and we can hook you up with some resources and, um, and tell you all about uh, this Jesus guy that we keep talking about. So we are now going to uh, wrap up our show with our favorite segment, the outside looking inside looking out. Outside looking in guy right here. Don't let whatever it is that you've experienced keep you from the church. That's that's really what it is. I used to think I wasn't good enough. I used to think all of the things that a lot of you might think, the hypocrites, the money, the rules, the, the everything that's, that's not what it's about. But when you look at those kind of things and the people in the organization are portraying themselves to be something they're not, it makes you look down on yourself. Mm, yeah. At least that's ex- my, that's my experience. Yeah. So don't let the church do that to you. So if you're looking at the church and the people inside it are making you look down on yourself, then you need to look more closely at yourself and overcome those feelings because the people inside the church shouldn't, look down on you or make you look down on yourself and you're not too bad for the church and the people inside the church. That's right. Nothing you have done is too bad. Mm-hmm. Like we said in the beginning, the hospital, the church is a hospital for sinners. Yep. You have to be able to uh, be welcomed 
And if they don't, unfortunately, that church needs help. Yeah. And keep looking. There's thousands, millions of churches out there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's right. Keep keep looking for it. Yeah, and I hate it that people have that experience that um, they walk and they feel like they're being looked down on. You know, we talked about that in episode three of season one with the rigid and intolerance of the church and and how that's pushed people away. And that's it's a real thing, unfortunately. But if you do experience that, just know that uh, they're not, they're not all that way, um, and we're definitely against that. And uh, so from the inside looking out perspective, you know, nobody has it all figured out. Um, there's not a single person like you mentioned, Bill. There's nobody in the church that's perfect. Nobody outside of it's perfect. And so, you know, if anybody ever tells you that, it's pretty clear that they don't because they, they don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're, they're, they, they don't understand what this Jesus guy has been talking about. And so don't let your past hold you back. Don't let that hold you down. If anything, use your past to reach somebody else. Get into church and let, let me rephrase that. Let Jesus in so he can use your past to help somebody else. Um, let, let him in, let him do his thing. Because when he does, he can do amazing work uh, through you. He's not going to force his way in. But if you let him in, he can do amazing things. That's right. So... Wow. You know, some of these episodes just uh, cut a little too close to home sometimes and <laughs> uh, make you think and, and uh, uh, bring up some old stuff. But again, uh, don't don't let that stuff bring you down and just keep looking, looking towards uh, keep looking towards Jesus and, and uh, everything will be all right. That's right. As, That's as right. What, who is it? Bob Marley said that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I um, love it. Well, thank you all for joining us on this episode. And as Matt said earlier, if you want to drop us a line, you can email us at info at simplifyjesus.com. You can uh, find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. And uh, as always, our website at www.simplifyjesus.com. And I hope you got something good out of it. And we'll see you next week.